Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. I'm Marshall. And I'm Nick. What's up, buddy? How you doing? You know, just rocking and rolling away, baby. <laughs> hey, dude. So, this week's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little less than we normally do. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... Mm-hmm. It depends on why we're talking less, I think. Um, so let's let's get into it, dude. Again, as of, you heard last week, you came back from MoCon. I spent the early part of this week going through some of the things you recorded at MoCon. And boy, there's some there's some nuggets in there, my friend. There's some oh. really good stuff in there. And I don't it's one of those things when you're in the moment and you're listening to it and you're like, Yeah, that's good. Oh man, that's awesome. I re-listened to some of this stuff and was like, I missed that. And I was there, like, and it's stuff like I've heard before, but it's said in a different way. So just kind of, right. man, it resonated really hard. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of good points in there and we'll go over a few talking points here in a second. But yeah, I, I loved listening to it again. We also did the Alpha Future Zoom panel. Right. And the Jen Uden, Wine with Jen, if you will, for MoCon were. Maurice interviews his own agent and makes her drink wine the entire time. Um, Which is what we're going to preface today. But before we get to that, you have something you would like to say at the top of the show in our little housekeeping section. Something about a copy of Pimp My Airship? Well, Maurice loves us. And when I say loves us, he loves it when we buy his books. So I went to MoCon, right? And everyone everyone who went to MoCon got a free book for Pimp My Airship. Um, that's awesome right i also happen to pre-order pit my airship so i came away with two copies Uh oh oh yeah i don't need good two copies nope so i got maurice to sign one for everyone um and when i say everyone he just signed it um so i want to give it away i want i want you guys to kind of indulge me on this one and pick up a book it's free for you um and we're We'll lay out some of uh, the ground rules on how to win this. Um, and I'm thinking we'll probably, while we're down in San Diego, probably do a live mm-hmm. giveaway. So, it's like a month, and a, month, month and a half away, two months away. Um, so, it gives everyone time to get stuff going. Um, but I'll lay down the ground rules in June. Yeah. And I'm I have thinking. a couple of ideas on how to get, um, I have a couple of ideas on how people can kind of, Put a couple extra votes in there, and but I'll run those by you uh, off mic. But I think what's important here is, is we have one, maybe two copies. I have a copy coming as well that I pre-ordered, so we may have two copies to give away. So if that's the case, um, we don't. We don't. We, we don't, don't have two copies. No. No. I have a copy that's signed yeah. and it's personalized. You have a copy that's personalized, and then we have a copy that's just a copy. But I got an email saying my pre-order was coming. Hi, I'm your pre-order. My oh, name's you Nick. got you picked it up. Ah. Okay, all right. So we have one copy. Damn it! Damn you, <laughs> communication. If, <laughs> ew, I thought I told you that one, but I missed the boat on that. If you one. and I both get another copy, that means we will have three total copies to give away. Yeah, but look, we're talking about hypothetical copies now. Yeah, I know. We're regardless, we have one. Yep, <laughs> for sure we're gonna have one. So, but we'll we'll have more details to come. If you're interested, 
Uh, definitely join our Discord. Let us know you're interested, and we'll give you details soon on how to enter that giveaway. Absolutely. And I haven't forgotten, you guys. I'm polishing something up that I will be publishing to our Patreon channel. It'll be free. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's where we're going to house it. But last month we promised, uh, or we committed to you guys that we would be releasing up to 1500 words a month from one of us on either something we're currently working on or specifically just to let you guys read. So yeah. you guys can get a flavor of what we're doing and seeing how we apply things and then also giving us feedback in case we suck. Yeah. And the, uh, and on that note, the month is not over yet. I'm working on a couple of different things. And this weekend I got my shift covered. It's my recoup weekend and my writing weekend. I'm looking forward to it. So that's my goal this weekend. And it's been raining here like crazy. So I can't wait to just be inside and, and work on that. So, and you sent the rain over the mountains to me. So the fact that it's the middle of May and it's raining, I'm angry about it already. Let's not bring it up. It's a sensitive subject. Uh, Thank you. I'm supposed to be riding my motorcycle every day, and here I I'm am. I'm supposed to be playing golf, sir. Oh. That's very Don't get true. me started. Don't get me started. But you anyway. golf in the rain, okay? I will I've seen golf pictures. in the rain. I've in fact, pictures. Sunday, I have to golf in the rain because it's a qualifier. I'm hoping the thunderstorms that are predicted right now are not a thing. But anyway, Ooh. that aside, Ooh. let's move on and talk about why we are talking this month, if that makes any sense. Um, as you know... As our listeners should know by now, our topic of the month is the business of writing. Um, I went through a interview. Well, it's a panel, apparently, basically. Um, a one-person panel. Well, sort of one person. It, anyway. It's definitely an interview. It's an interview. So It's an interview. So Maurice uh, sat down with his agent, um, Jen Uden is how you pronounce it, right? I've heard both Uden and Uden, so I'm Uden? not really sure. Okay. I have to listen. I've been listening to her podcast. I got to see how she listens to it. She has a podcast, by the way, link in the show notes. It's called Shipping and Handling, where her and another agent sit down and talk about stuff. I'm on like episode three or four. It's actually pretty cool, man. I dig it. I've heard really great things about it, and so I'm getting ready to binge listen to it soon. Well, um, I started binging it, and it's, it's good. Uh, you can tell early podcast like i would never go back and listen to my first episodes of the usual it's like you know the sound is funky and all that kind of stuff and you haven't quite found your footing yet but they've got interviews in the beginning um they're really good and um it's it's actually a really fun listen so definitely uh check that out i have a link in the show notes for that perfect so so the interview was great um and as you guys listen to this interview and stuff like that Bear in mind, it is about an hour. There's a lot of humor involved as well. But just some of the things that Jen was able to discuss and talk about and the questions that were asked, a lot of them you're not going to be able to hear right away, um, which is actually totally fine because Jen is awesome in the way she answers her questions or answers the questions. Um, you can tell what was either asked or you what you're pulling from it is a very well done statement on what you need to know. And I did my best with the audio to try to bring up some of the questions. It's still really difficult to hear um, most of the questions. Some of them are a little easier. There's some people that speak a lot louder. Um, so yeah. it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but, you know, her answers are clear. Maurice's voice is clear. The so wine really ha- on the table is very clear to hear when they pick it up and put it down. <laughs> exactly. Um, somebody hitting the table over and over is very clear. 
Um, but all of that stuff aside, I mean, honestly, dude, I've, re- I've recorded audio at conventions and panels before, and it's all that it's, it's echoey. It's hard to hear, but, um, you had the mic in a position, I think that was ideal to hear her voice and Maurice's voice. So, um, you will hear those very clearly. So, yeah, that was the main focus. And next year we know that we're going to end up bringing two different recording devices. Um, so we can record the guest panelists and speakers one-on-one like that and get their tracks and then get the Mm -hmm. questions asked on a different recorder and just overlay the track. So, well, I have, I have a even, I have my eye on a different device that will solve all of those problems. So, which we will experiment with in San Diego. If all my money goes in a row, like it's supposed to like a duck. Okay. So, (laughs) Let's let's pull a couple of these things. It's been a long day. Let's pull. Let's let's talk just about a few of the things that we liked from the interview, and then we'll let let, let them listen, come back, and if we want next week, uh, we can uh, talk about listener feedback on the interview. So yeah, definitely. What do you got? So okay, the, this is the one I got to bring up because I laughed the hardest at this one. Oh, I was dying. And I, I I'm <laughs> labeling this as how not to query an agent, right? <laughs> and Jen tells the great story. But, uh, guys, it's the awkward bathroom sliding a portfolio underneath the stall door while someone's using it move. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go over well. Uh, in what, in what universe does that even make sense to attempt, let alone actually do? When That's everyone's crazy. a spy and the only safe place is a bathroom and you're sliding across secret information. So if you're a CIA agent undercover somewhere, maybe? Hey, in know. that universe, it makes sense. Okay. I hear you, buddy. It's like Cyber uh, Spy, baby. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed this part. And I think the the takeaway really uh, for me is, you know, being yourself, um, communicating, don't be overbearing. And some of the stuff we talked about last week, too, um, as far as how to etiquette at a convention itself is yeah. the, the, the way you should approach someone who might you might want to work with in the future, you know, you don't mm-hmm. want to come across creepy and weird, but at the same time you have to be able to, to hold yourself up in a conversation and be respectful too. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's, she's got a lot of good stories about that stuff. Um, she shares a and couple. I would love to meet her. Dude. She seems like a, uh, just a hoot. She's a blast. <laughs> I, she, when it's business time, it's business time. But when she's not on the clock per se, She's right. a, she's she's a blast. I really enjoyed her and getting to talk to her and stuff like that. Cool. Um, another right. so another thing from the show, the interview, if you will. Mm-hmm. Sorry, stammered mm-hmm. for no reason. How to sell yourself in person versus querying, and this is where Maurice actually dropped some knowledge that I didn't expect that was coming out. Um, and it was just. Maurice even says it like he doesn't sound that good, look that good on paper. Um, but if he can get a chance, he can sell you on himself face to face. And so right. he kind of has a little technique where he's never queried. He's always sold himself in person. So and I can see. OK, so it works for him. It does work for him. And I can see why um, I. I don't know. I, I'm torn on this because personally, I agree with Maurice. Yeah. I, I feel like I can talk to anybody. I feel like I get along with most people. 
I'm comfortable talking and, and hanging out with people. Um, but I have, there's so much anxiety around querying and how, what not to do and what to do. And there's books on it and there's all this stuff. And it's like, I feel like by the time I actually, and I have queried before. And I feel like when I actually came down to it, it wasn't like, I couldn't like just pop up out of the paper and say, Hey, guess what? I'm also a, a guy that wants to have a beer and hang out with you. Like you want to chat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, that doesn't come through on on paper, you know. It's like it's like trying to get an inter- job interview, you know. Yeah. Um, I've gotten more jobs uh, talking to people, and once I show up to the interview and I have the conversation, I know I'm getting that job, you know. But on paper, I don't know how I come across. I've too many. I've had too many jobs, maybe. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and that's. So, and I'll speak to when it comes to like query specifically. So when you query. You know, there's three different sections. You're going to, why did you choose that agent to send it to? You blurb about your book and then you blurb about you. And that blurb about you, you got to make, that's where your authentic self has to come out. And it's the same with like resumes and stuff like that. I'm a huge fan of personalized cover letters because that's how you're going to be you on paper. No one cares where all you've worked in. Like if you can check the boxes on the qualifications, but you have a stellar cover letter, they're right. not, they're going to be like, oh, cool, you made it cool, bring them in for an interview. And then someone has like a three-sentence statement of, I would love to work for your company. Your company <laughs> yeah. is great. You know? I liked your website. You know? Like, yeah. I, hear I heard great reviews from Glassdoor. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's the same concept. Um, and, and back to Maurice's point, too, like, when you're querying someone in person and meeting agents, putting your yourself in that position to where they want to, where they want you to query with them, it isn't about randomly introducing yourself, talking to them for two seconds, and then trying to pitch your book. It's they like you for you, and now they right. want to know what you're writing, and they want you to pitch them. Yeah, and you have to be ready for that part too. From what I got from it, it's like and you know, scary you might- as hell. Yeah, and that's where the nerves come in. But um, you know, you have to be, you have to be able to have a conversation with somebody too. If, say, if you're going to take that Maurice approach, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and from what I gather from every single agent I've ever heard on any panel or podcast ever is that the slush pile is real, and there is so much stuff there that they just they will discard pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Um, if you do it wrong or if you don't follow their instructions, that that's a that's a problem in and of itself, you know. And there's and this isn't on this interview. Um, and I think it did come from Jen or a conversation I had around with Jen. Um, mm-hmm. Slush piles. Every place has one. Anyone who publishes in any way, shape, or form has a slush pile, right? Volunteer right. to read the slush pile. One, you're gonna you're gonna read all the crappy stuff and learn what not to do. Two. You get to learn what works and what doesn't work and like what the good authors are doing when they're submitting their items. And then three, right. you, you've got editors and publishers in your pocket because you did them a favor by doing this. Sometimes it's paid, sometimes it's not. But if you write someone and be like, hey, I can do 10, 10 a month for you, you get 10 manuscripts right. to go through a month and you get to go through their slush pile form and deem this is good, this isn't good. Wow, yeah. I think I think Jen told a story like that on the podcast, actually, saying that that might be how she kind of got her foot in the door a little bit, volunteering to read a slush pile. And I think that's important. I mean, 
and the the do's and do nots become very evident when you're looking at a whole stack of people trying to get an agent yeah um yeah totally but it also just helps um you're reading more you're reading new things um and one of the things real quick i do want to highlight from the interview is uh writing towards current trends and i've Uh, heard this at the last two conferences i've been at um in short never write to the current trend because the current trend is what was written two three years ago right it was the and and what they basically were saying was that the the process of publishing is so slow by the time the trend hits that is what people were writing a few years ago yeah right and then now when it's when it's there people are like oh i can do that but the trends are going to change you know what i mean um so i think that's i think that's important write your Mm -hmm. stuff not what you think's going to sell and i think that's that that's the biggest takeaway from almost every conference i've been to the people who are out there who really want to support you and be see you succeed all they've all said if you write what you want to write even if it doesn't get published you wrote your book that you wanted mm-hmm. like it's yours even if you trunk it like it doesn't matter right so i, I really right. like that advice it's it what keeps me going yeah and I, and i think the interview really holds up um as far as uh hearing from an agent the do's and don'ts and having the people in the audience excuse me having the people in the audience uh asking their questions mm-hmm. um and some and, and i think you have a couple of them here like can you submit to more than one agent at a time, for example? <laughs> Before right? that question was even finished, Jen, and you'll hear Jen, she just starts yeah. saying, yes, yes, absolutely. Why yes. wouldn't you? Of course you yeah. have to. And then it, because think about every slush pile out there. You right. Know? And that the person who asked this question, uh, which kind of struck me, like I mean, it didn't, but the person who asked the question is also the part of my interview that I did with the small press publishing, Um, you know? And so it's like, it was interesting for me to hear that from them, knowing what they were doing. Um, And, you know, which just tells you the whole difference between um, small, medium and large press and then the big five. All right, man. So what else should we throw out there before people listen to this? I, I, like I said, I, I was enthralled. I didn't cut, much out of this really all i spent my time doing was enhancing the questions as much as i could so you're going to get some you're going to get some fluctuations in sound quality of course and that kind of thing um but i didn't cut really anything out of this interview um i liked one thing i really really enjoyed about this was it really showcased the relationship that an author and an agent can have and it was the kind of relationship that I think we all want out of a, you know, it's professional, but at the same time they get mm-hmm. each other and you can, you can tell that they're friends and they care about each other. Well, yeah. And I think those things are important. And it's a healthy relationship you know? at the end of the day. Exactly. Because, and you, exactly. And they talk about how it, why it works for them and why Maurice wanted an agent and why Jen to him is a perfect fit for his needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so pay attention to that as well. But my last thing I have is uh, we still have a challenge for this month. If you're on Discord, you saw me post about it earlier this week. I want to I want to hear y'all submitting stories, trying to get published, like flash fiction. Even if you fail, you got to put yourself out there. So that's kind of what the challenge is yeah. this month is getting used to putting yourself out there. Right. 
And I and like I said, I will be uh, putting something out there for you guys to read towards the end of the month. And hopefully very early next month, I'll have that piece polished enough. I want to send it to the uh, Surrey uh, contest. And then I also, which you will hear in the maybe next week or the week after the Afrofuturism panel that came from Ocon, <sighs> um, the editor from Faya magazine was there. And I want to submit to that more than I want to, you know, go to sleep tonight. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I, I mean, a, a publication, an online publication that is looking pretty much solely for black authors. Like that's where I want to put my stuff. Yeah. Like, to, like yesterday. Right, <laughs> Look, uh, Troy got me so hyped in that panel. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to submit to you, bro. Like I want to work with you. And then he was like, he's all, by the way, no, if you're black, I want it. And I was like, whoa, wait, hold on. Let me check. Nope. Right. Uh, I crap. am not. <laughs> this is going to end badly. And I'm now fangirling over stuff I can't even submit to. <laughs> but again, I think, um, I think it's important to have outlets like that mm. in the current, especially in, in our current, um, in the world in 2019. It's important that yeah. we have outlets like that. And, that are specific mm-hmm. that are that are looking to showcase black authors and that kind of thing because what else comes from that um afrofuturism panel is the fact that you know um black people read <laughs> you know and like and and they want to and like you know it's not just they they go to the comic book shelves and they're looking for themselves and they're looking for themselves in in fiction as well and you know you hear like two people on that panel including maurice talking about how they read black panther and how they loved it on the screen mm-hmm. I think that kind of stuff's super important. So yes, having that uh, a specific place to submit, I think is is important right now. Yeah, no, me, I so. so I totally agree. I mean, there's always that argument of oh, well, it's exclusive to white people and stuff like that. It's like yeah, but you guys are doing all right. I'm not. I'm broke as shit. <laughs> uh, um, but you yeah, know what I mean, dude. I don't. It's, I don't need a special it, magazine just for me when. You know, and and it's one of those things. Yes, it's 2019 and stuff like that. And like, you know, there is racism out there. I think this isn't even about combating racism. This is about just expanding people's knowledge. Yeah. And showcasing like, because this is Afrofuturism is new. Like the fact that black people Mm -hmm. read books, you'll hear this phrase in our Afrofuturism panel that we recorded. But black nerds, blurds is what mm-hmm. Station Moon blurds. called them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my right. gosh. Like, I've been that my whole life. And never until like the last maybe 10 years of it has been kind of okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> anyway, so the point is, we'll get to the Afrofuturism one um, a little bit more next week. You have a little preface to it uh, in our little rants right now. But the idea here is that um, I'm excited to start submitting some shorter stuff and, um, and I would like to get myself out there sooner rather than later while I work on some of the bigger stuff. Yeah. So no, I agree. Um, and I'll just toot my own horn. Uh, yeah, I'm a fi- I'm a finalist for the flash fiction mm. slash short story inspired by a work of art that was displayed at uh, MoCon. So I'm I am waiting nice, to hear back on that, and I'm terrified because I mean because you get a publication in Apex and their final issue. Uh, you know, you get some money and it's like, okay, that's, that's kind of cool. Dude. And big deal. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And that's a piece I can't post well, yet luck. until things are cleared up and a winner was of announced, course, but right. Yeah. I'm excited. Cause it's like, it's the first time I feel validated for my writing. 
So right. Well, good luck, man. Well, thank you. You know. Well. Uh, so I say I say we let them listen and um and then we'll come back next week. And uh, like I said, if you hear anything in there that you want us to expand upon or uh, just let us know what you dug and what you didn't or whatever. I'm, I don't know what you wouldn't, but here we are. Um, let us know. Hit us up on Discord and uh, we'll get back to you all next week. Right. So now we will uh, commence with uh, you know, our time together with uh, my agent, Jen. Um, I have a few questions before we open it up to uh, you know find out what you guys really want to talk about. But there were some questions that you know the people demanded that I ask, and so uh, first up, the people, uh, the, the people, eh? The people have asked. So question number one: How awesome is it working with me? <laughs> it's delightful. It's delightful. No, Maurice is great. I I was telling someone yesterday that when I I first met Maurice at. Uh, San Antonio Worldcon in 2013. Yes, many moons ago, um, and he was wearing his famous head-to-toe red suit <laughs> with the red socks and the red shoes and the Nehru collar. And I was like, "We're going to be friends." <laughs> um, and it's been it's been fun. You know, he sometimes gives me some headaches, but um, like when he he has this really delightful habit of pitching things to editors. <laughs> without telling me and then it's like oh so so and so wants to buy a book and I'm like you're not allowed to sell any more books right now you have things to write under contract <laughs> but no it's good so apparently that's a thing <laughs> not like I haven't already yelled at you about that I know this like this week <laughs> um, so you know what so for some new writers what, what does an agent do so the agent is um, essentially a middle middle person between authors and, and the traditional publishing space because most of the big five publishers um, don't accept unagented submissions. You have to sort of go through someone like me first um, because otherwise they just would never have any time to publish books because they would just be reading slush all day long. Um, so as an agent, my job is to help you find a publishing partner, help you find you know, a home for your book. Um, and as part of that, I get commission. But the way that it works is that agents only get paid if you get paid. So if you ever meet someone and they're like, I will charge, like, for a, for a small reading fee of $40, I will read your book. Run away. That person is a scammer. <laughs> you know. Um, so that's sort of, like, the essentials. But uh, we also provide advice on sort of career development. Um, sometimes we're able to connect you with other opportunities that you wouldn't have necessarily been able to get without um, knowing someone on the inside. Um, that's pretty much okay. it. Okay. We do a lot of hand-holding. <laughs> so much. <laughs> that, was, that was literally one of the things I was looking for in an agent. You know, send that query letter like, are you willing to hold my hand? <laughs> I'm sensitive and delicate. You might not realize it. He, he's a delicate flower. I'm such and, a delicate uh, flower. <laughs> um, so, so what would be the best way to approach you or, or to pitch you? I mean, that's actually oh, I mean, two, two separate two separate questions. Actually. I would say that you know I I am open to queries right now. Although as I've told several people, my inbox is like a giant pit of shame. So if you have emailed me, I probably have it. It's not that it's not it's not that it's a no. It's just that I'm the worst and I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, most of the time, uh, if you just sort of like introduce yourself, you know, I'm always happy to have conversations and always happy to hear from writers. Um, so what's the best way to not pitch you? Um. Wow. Um, I told the story yesterday, so apologies if, you are, if you've already heard this, but um, my very first ever writer's conference was DFWCon in Fort Worth, Texas, and I was in the bathroom, like in the bathroom, 
using the bathroom. And this manila envelope gets slid under the door. I just left it there. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so don't do that. Um, you know, there's... I, I, I did not read it. I did not. I actually kind of wish that I had, like, picked it up and, like, looked at the name at least so I could have, like, gone to the organizers because that was the only time it happened all weekend because they made this big deal of, like, the opening breakfast, like, don't pitch the agents unless they ask you what you're writing. Like, be cool. Don't make it weird. And that person was just like, I think I'm going to make it weird. Challenge accepted. I was like, oh, God. No. But, um, but, yeah, you know, just sort of general stuff. Like, it's it's a business. It's a business arrangement. So, I, I, the, the other thing that I've gotten a lot lately is um, people who like do like really deep dives on my Instagram and they're, they reference something from like 2017 and I'm just like, <laughs> like weird. <laughs> like you didn't need to go that far. Wait, that's fine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> didn't need to do that. So let's see. So, all right. So what are your tastes like? Um, what are your tastes like? What are, what are some, well, actually I'll do the two separate questions. So what, what are your tastes like? It's always hard to, it's always hard to say. Um, I'm sure Diana would also agree with us. You know, it's it's sort of like pornography. You know it when you see it, and so that's like a. Sometimes it's actual pornography. I've, I've, I actually I, I did do a deal with a porn company once. Um, not for me, but for one of my elders. Um, but uh, you know, I, I tend to have pretty broad taste. Um, I like I usually like it a little bit weird. Just like cool, yeah. Like I like this weirdness. Um, and of course, you know, the first thing I sold from Maurice was like this very straightforward, like adorable middle grade mystery. And I was like, well, I know that you do have weird stuff in your arsenal, but it's not this one. But don't worry, we'll get to that down the, down the road. Oh, yes. But, um, but I mean, it kind of runs the gamut. I mean, on the adult science fiction and fantasy side, I represent Mer Lafferty, who wrote Six Wakes, which is a really wonderful, like, locked room murder mystery in space about clones. Um, and then there's the more literary sci-fi, like um, Emma Newman's Planetfall series. And then I also represent um, thriller writers. I just sold uh, an, actually an, aud- an audible original that is a thriller that I pitched as Eat, Pray, Love Meets American Psycho. <laughs> um, it's about cannibalism. It's great. Um, <laughs> so it's, it, it sort of runs the gamut. But like my middle grade is all like really nice and charming. Like I sold a, I sold a middle grade epistolary novel about baseball. And like all my other books are like murder. <laughs> if there's a murder in it, I'm probably going to love it. <laughs> I don't do the next middle grade book. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, so what, what what sort of things are you looking for? Um, so I'm looking for anything in fiction, um, anything science fiction or fantasy. Um, I'm probably not the person for like super mainstream books because most of my connections are in the genre spaces. Um, I do kids books as well, middle grade and, and young adult only. Um, Although someday someone's going to write a picture book and I'm going to have to be like, fuck, I got to learn how to sell picture books now. Because um, I always say that I sort of... Damn it, Maurice. <laughs> I got one. Oh, I'm sure you do. Oh, I know you do. You, you emailed it to me already. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I always say that I sort of don't represent something until one of my clients writes it, and then, I, and then I'll learn it because I want to be able to kind of, like, handle, handle stuff. Um, so I'm looking for pretty much, pretty much anything right now. Okay. Well, that, that opened it up. <laughs> Frustratingly vague. But I, like Diana said earlier, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to say no in case something someone wouldn't have sent something to you, and then you turn out to love it. Like, I didn't really represent... I, I, I wanted to start representing YA, and I thought that I was going to do, like, YA fantasy, you know, that kind of thing, because that's sort of what I loved reading. And then Marika Nijkamp sent me her novel, This Is Where It Ends, which is a contemporary YA thriller 
about a school shooting and it takes place like over the 54 minutes of the event. So it starts at 10.04 with the first shot and ends at like 11 o'clock or whatever. And it's four points of views and it's really fast. And I didn't think I was looking for this at all. And I was like ugly crying on the subway reading it. Like this like nice German family is looking at me like, are you all right? I'm like some fictional characters are just having a really hard time right now. But I didn't know that that was, but I didn't know that that was going to be something that I, that I would have responded to. And then she spent 73 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. So I try not to close any doors right. <laughs> genre wise. I think I'll just keep this easy. Y'all got some questions. So the harder the question is, the more I'll pour. So that's how this will work. <laughs> and there we go. Already. Right. I was like, it's very early in the evening, Maurice. <laughs> uh, so are you looking to be approached? And what is like, what do you, what do you want to hear when someone approaches you today? I mean, just tell me, you know, if I ask about it, tell me about your book. You know, it's not, I feel like one of the things that authors sort of get like in their heads about is like, there, there is a formula, there's a secret handshake that I must deploy. <laughs> There, 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 there isn't one. Like, you know, if it's just, we've already had, I know we've already had nice conversations this week and I, I know you're not a psycho. So. Step one. <laughs> Step one. Step one. Don't make it weird. Step two. Be cool. <laughs> Only the books. The books can be weird. Don't, you know. Yeah. Okay. But should the book be written before they approach yes. you? Yes. The book should be written. But I mean, I'm always happy to talk about books like at any, like, because, I mean, one of the reasons I do this is because I love, I love writing and I love books. So, like, I'm always happy to talk about story and hear about what people are working on. But, like, I don't want to get a query from something that's not finished because I can really only take it on if it's finished. Although, although, although I did sell your book on 30 I was going to talk about that. <laughs> um, so, as, as Marissa's mentioned several times this weekend. Um, Please talk about me some more. Oh, yes. Um, I went out with this book. God, when did I go out with it? It was, like, February, like, February. first week of February. Mm -hmm. And then we sold it, like, first week of March. Um, and he had, he had told me about this idea and he's like, you know, I'm working on it. And I was like, I could sell that on a proposal. Like, and, and one of the things about fiction, nonfiction, you can sell on proposal. The book doesn't have to be written when you go out on submission with a picture book, with, with a, with a nonfiction book, because most of it, because the advance is sort of like, okay, now this is the funding to now write that book. But with fiction, it usually has to be completed because the, the acquiring editor has to have like a vision for how to produce, how to, how they're going to publish it. And most of the time they can't get that from just a proposal. But I knew that with Maurice's world building and the way that you write characters, I was like, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to send this out like on proposal. Like I'm going to be able to do it. And um, we had a two house auction and tour one and it was delightful. It was delightful. And or the most stressful week in my life. And he was like, he was like ready to take the first offer. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You're setting an auction. He was like, what? <laughs> There's a much more cool version of that. It was not, it was not cool. But the thing is, is like, what, what you probably did not see was that I was on the other end of those phone calls of like, being just as excited. Like, when I did my first auction, I was so stressed out that I had to fully lay down on the floor. My, my boss was like, are you all right? I was like, I'm just very stressed right now. And he's like, are you stressed? You got the money. And I was like, I know. <laughs> so the flip side of this is while she's talking to me about the auction, I literally have, because I, I teach school during the day. So I had called over another teacher, and I'm like, I just need you to hold my hand. Oh, I did not know that. that. Oh, yeah. So the whole time you're talking to me, I have a teacher there, and he's just like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just holding <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always exciting when, when stuff like that happens, you know. Um, it's because, you know, a lot of times it, it's, it's like that conversation um, 
we had earlier with Diana, like you have to be able to sort of, when you're thinking about pitching a book, you kind of got to see from all angles. And it's really special when you can see what it's going to be from 50 pages. It was like three chapters, right? Mm -hmm. um, three chapters, and I think two of the points of view. Three, three points. Three, of view. Oh, yeah, th three of the points of view. Um, so yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm really excited. I, I ought to write it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, I will be yelled at soon. Uh, any other questions? Well, any other questions? There we go. Okay, so representing people write in several genres mm -hmm. and pen names. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Um, I have one client. Uh, her name is her name is Lori Witt, but she writes under like six different names. She's also she's a romance writer, and she I swear to God writes twenty books a year. So I actually don't even represent her entire. Because because she has like she she's so prolific that I I would have to just do her like it, it would she would have to be my only client if I was going to represent everything, but yeah it's just a matter of um you know uh knowing where you want to draw the line with your pen names and like how you manage those expectations and keeping all your publishers in the loop. But I have several clients who write under actually my my boss's running joke is that I don't have anyone who doesn't write under a pseudonym except for Maurice. <laughs> Because I am vain. <laughs> I need you to know I did this. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it's 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 fairly common. It's fairly common. What happens when you know it, it comes to your test bestseller? But you know they don't want to be known. They don't want to. They don't want to be known. Maurice doesn't want to be known that it's Maurice. So he's you know. Uh, Marquis Styles. <laughs> I've I've thought about this. So so so, so what, what happens when you know just the just the book you read the side books and it's a pen name. You just sign up. You just sign the pen name. You know. I mean, you. I would literally create a persona of Marquis Styles. My Facebook page, my Twitter. Yeah. All that would be. Just all be that Marquise. would be in, and and you would um, when you when you have the copyright um in the front page, you know, you can have that as your pen name, and you know, regardless of whether or not it's under your legal name, you can register the copyright as your pen name, and it still covers you copyright protection wise. But your picture wouldn't be there. You could no. You can have your picture, but yeah. the thing is, is like unless people know to connect like the face to the name, like probably some people in your real life might find out if they're like happening to be in Barnes Noble and they're like, I wonder who this Marquis style. Oh, that looks like Maurice. <laughs> then, then the cat would be out of the bag. But right. by and large, like by and large, the people who are super concerned about privacy like that don't have like the widest social circle. So like, that's not really, it's not really a problem that comes up that much. Yeah. You mentioned something about options. Mm -hmm. It's basically when there's more than one publisher who wants to buy your book. It's the optimal scenario. Um, it's, I mean, I would say that it's very rare. Um, it's always exciting when someone wants to buy a book. It's more exciting when there are several people, but it's not necessarily like the end-all be-all of a book success. Um, I think I've only had four auctions in nine years of being an agent. Um, and it's always exciting when it happens, but uh, it's not necessarily like, I mean, it's a huge deal, but it's not like... Books that, that go at auction, like, you know, sometimes don't do well, but I think this one will. So. <laughs> They'll be hand-holding soon. <laughs> you can have several more questions. Yeah, we're good. That's why I'm here. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> so it's one of the things that's tough about publishing is that you can have a, there's a huge range of advances you can get for a book. And just because an advance is huge doesn't necessarily mean the book will succeed. And just because a book is small doesn't necessarily mean it will fail. So my book that was a New York Times bestseller for 73 weeks, the advance for YA was 
modest. I mean, it was $7,500, which at the time I was like, yes, this is amazing. Cause no one else wanted to buy it. I was like $7,500 from like a real place. Like this is good. But then it was like, I mean, it earned out in three weeks because it was selling so well. So if you had sort of gone by this sort of traditional logic of publishing, that book shouldn't have done well because there's this sort of myth that like only six figure books do well and only books that have this kind of commitment. But sometimes it just make it most of the time. It's just like, can you find a publisher who believes in the book, who's going to put the resources behind it. So it might be a conversation of like, okay, look, this isn't the most amount of money, but this editor, like usually there'll be a conversation between you and the offering editor. Um, not always, but most of the time. And this editor gets what you're trying to do. These are the resources that they're going to commit outside of the advance. It's going to be a good fit. So that's sort of the conversation that I usually have. Does that? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's tough too, because like, Publishing is, is, is a job where, or a, an industry where the glamour is like sort of all out of proportion to the actual money involved. Like, you know, most of the time, you know, people are doing deals. They're for like low five figures and it's good. And they're like, this is nice. I like this. And because the goal is eventually to get royalties. Like ultimately what you want is to be able to have a book that does well enough that you're getting royalties and twice a year you get a delightful check and can go on vacation. Like that's the goal. Um, and it's just a matter of finding that sweet spot where either the money is good enough that like if you don't ever earn royalties, you'll be fine or you get royalties and you're like, and you can earn out quickly. What should my, I guess if you could help with, with making my mindset success, successful about it, you know, like going from like being a person who I'm just like really shy when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. This is why you get an agent. Oh, because this is because this is the whole thing. Like a lot of times, authors are like, "I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what I should be looking for." You know, your agent is the person who knows or who should know, and who should be able to explain to you exactly what they're looking at in a deal. So, for example, I got an offer the other day for a book, and we had shot this all over town, and I had now gotten down to sort of like small presses. And the author was like, oh, that's not like a huge amount of money. I was like, no, but they only do 12 books a year. They're going to put, they're going to make this a lead title. They're going to put a ton of, they're going to put a ton of resources behind it. So the upfront cost might not be great, but I think that this would be, this wouldn't be a bad place to be published. So when you're looking at getting an agent, it's good to look for someone who is very upfront about the way that they do business, the way that they approach editors, the way that they approach negotiations. Like in every offer call that I have, I talk about, who I am, what the agency is, um, our sort of basic business terms, which are industry standard terms of like how we take commission, how we do business. And then my philosophy of like how editorial I am, the way that I communicate. And if someone isn't willing to give you that information up front, just, you know, stay. So one of the things that was interesting is that, because so Ariane, yes. it's just you and me. We're <laughs> I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and I want to be a nice guy, but there's sometimes when I like, man, I need to be a dick, but I don't want to be a dick. Hey, Jen, I need you to be a dick. <laughs> and I'm never a dick. I'm always very nice, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's, but that's, you know, that's, I'm, I'm, I, the way I earn my 15% is by being, I, I get to be bad cop so that. Oh, that's much better. Bad cop. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Edit that I mean, out. All cops are bad, but like, right. you know, <laughs> well, we're live. Oops. All right. Oops. 
Um, oops. Um, <laughs> well, just drink more. Yeah. This, that was the purpose of this thing. <laughs> right, I know. Right. Um, you know, it's my, my job is to, is to, is to be able to have those hard conversations and make sure that your relationship with your editor stays good because sometimes, you know, like a lot of times it's like little things like I really hate my cover. What do I do? I'm like, you do nothing. You give me your concerns and I phrase them nicely to them while also saying that I am not going to accept this garbage that you have given us. Like, <laughs> I've never actually really gotten a truly bad cover, but like, I just know that one day I'm, I am and it's going to be like a real doozy. And I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm paying for all those good covers I had. Um, yeah. So when, a, uh, when someone submits a book to you, do you do any sort of revisions before you send it out? Or I how do. does that work? Um, I was going to say, you remember this. Yeah, um, no, I'm asking for their benefit. <laughs> um, so, so I was telling someone earlier, uh, basically, the market is very competitive. So whatever chance I can give a book, I want to get, I want to make sure that the editor is seeing like the best version of that book. Um, and if there's an obvious issue with the book, like if there's a pacing problem, or if there's like a giant plot hole, or if it's like 100,000 words too long, like, I want to address that early. Because if you address it early, then you won't have editors saying, like, there's pacing problems, or there's a pothole, or it's 100,000 words too long. Like, you, you give the book the best chance you, you can do. So I was much more editorial, like, earlier in my career, uh, and I would do, like, four or five passes. But that was also because I was newer, and books had to be in much better shape before people would even sort of take a look at it. Um, but these days, I mostly do, like, one major round of revision um, to address sort of, like, structural problems. And then we go back and do a line edit to sort of clean up. Because there's always things that, like, you know oh, you changed it so this person's older, but, like, you forget to change her age, like, later in the book. Like, kind of, like, the cleanups pass of, of that kind of thing. And then, um, I don't know if you want to... Do you want to talk about the submissions process? Yeah, go ahead. Would that be interesting, the process of yeah, actually sending it out? Yeah. So, um, so, so when I'm ready to go out on submission with a book, I put together a list of the editors that I'm going to send it to and um, a pitch for the book, which is essentially the same thing as a query. So if anyone has thought about querying, uh, you've probably heard of you know, putting together a pitch, the query is essentially the flap copy of your book. It's, it's, it's the marketing language that they use to kind of sell the book to the public or to this case, in this case, the agent and, or in the submissions process, the editor. So most of the time I will have like a full pitch. Um, actually, I think for yours, I didn't have a pitch. It was just a log line. Cause it was just like, <laughs> what is the Will Smith arms? Like read it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll put together the pitch and I'll send the pitch and the list of editors to the author, um, mostly just so that they can kind of like make sure I got all the names right. Because like usually by the time it, the pitch has come around, like it's been a while since I've read it. So I and I read so much that I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely did forget that her name was Anna. Like, oops. Um, so it's sort of a fact check. Like, do you like the way I've characterized your book? Great. Do you like your bio? Did I say that you went to the right school? Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I send it to the editors. And this is also a point where communication is very important and also knowing yourself is really important because are you a person who needs to know everything or are you a person who needs to know nothing, like for your own sanity? Um, Maurice needs to know everything. Hang on, to clarify, I don't need to know everything. In my defense. Because I'm a delicate flower and I can't take rejection well. My wife, however, needs to know everything. So I got to pass through the information so that she stays up to date. Look, she didn't deny it. She has no voice and still doesn't deny it. Yeah. Um, and I, and, you know, and I send, you know, I send all the responses if people want to see them. Um, you met Suzanne, right? And Suzanne Gates, uh, she was in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The retreat. So my client, Suzanne, she had a book come out from Kensington a couple years ago called The Glamorous Dead. It's really fun. 
Um, it's, it's basically like this young woman moves to LA to be a star and then her best friend gets murdered and then she and Barbara Stanwyck like solve crime. It's delight. It's like hundred percent great. Um, so she was one of those who's like, just please do not tell me anything. Like I, I cannot, this whole thing is so stressful. I just wanted to write the book. Like I'm just going to go off and I'm going to work on the, the next one. Just don't tell me anything. I would chime in like every six months, like still out. Don't do something crazy, like self-publish it without telling me, which has <laughs> definitely happened to me before. Um, so like in that case, like I just sort of stored them all up and like kept all, kept all the feedback for her to look at. But in most cases, people are like, yeah, just tell me when things come in. And I send all of them, even the ones that I think are stupid and insulting, as Maurice knows. <laughs> that was like my favorite subject line ever. <laughs> it's like, I'm so fucking furious right now. <laughs> it, was a, it was a dumb response. It was a dumb response. <laughs> that was the response that was No, that was her subject line to me about the, the editor's response. The word was. I just. I, <laughs> he was like. Sure, you don't want to know the drink. He was like. I, I can't. I, I, flames on the side of my face. <laughs> so much. Just, that was. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to cut someone. <laughs> right. I and, and that's what you want in a major. I'm going to cut somebody. But you want someone You want someone that can keep the relationship with that editor good, because someday you may have something you actually want to sell to this clown. So, like, you know. <laughs> to this clown. <laughs> Listen, so, when you identify clownery, you have to speak it by name. Right. <laughs> All right. I think so, we have other questions. Oh, yeah. Hi, Hey. Hey. So, I mean, there's one over here. Um, have you ever had to really fight for someone's work, you know, if like you weren't getting the response you wanted from the rest of the team, but you were like, I really believe in this, and it happened? Well, two things. One is, part of my job is keeping the relation, like, keeping doors open with editors. So if I think... Like, I got this rejection, and I was like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever read in my life. Like, did you read this project? Like, you are a clown and know nothing about anything. But I can't say that to him because... But she'll say it to me. But I can say it to him. So, like, it's a matter of knowing, like, knowing when to bring in, like, the big guns and knowing when that, like, okay, this is not a fight I can win. And knowing, like, how far to push. Because sometimes it's not even the editor's fault. Like, sometimes, like, shit just happens, and things just go badly. I had a book published on Election Day in 2016. Guess how well that book did? Spoiler alert, not great. But there was nothing that anyone could have done about that. Because even at the point where they could have moved the book, there was still there was still hope in everyone's hearts, and everyone's like, it's going to be it was not fine um, and now I'm like if ever I have a book publishing in November I'm like can we not can we not do November like every year is just a benighted season where no one's buying fiction but um so it's just a matter of like knowing what you can change and knowing like knowing what like when you can push um because sometimes you are able to get things like so for Marika's I don't think she'll mind me telling the story so Marika and I can't my, my YA author who did so well before her second book came out, you know, she's now been on the bestseller list for like since the dawn of time. She's, you know, she and, she, and she's got two more books under contract. And she was like, you know, you know, I'm excited to work on it, but like we got more for the anthology that I, she put together an anthology of, because um, she's a big disability rights activist. And so she put together an anthology that's now called Unbroken. It's out from FSG. 
of uh, short stories about uh, disabled teens written by disabled authors. It's really great. It's got a beautiful cover. Um, and she was like, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm not really, it's like, you know, I don't, I, I didn't think that I was like a monetarily like influenced person, but it's hard to like get excited about writing this book because my advance is so small. And I was like, oh, I think we can do something about that. So in that situation, I was able to call up her editor and be like, look, you know, and I know, and more importantly, she knows that she's being underpaid. Let's, let's work something out. And so I made a proposal and it wasn't, it was sort of like the nice equivalent of like, it's a very nice house here that you have here. It would be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> you know, she was their only bestseller and her royalty checks were 10 times the advance. Like her royalty checks that she was getting twice a year were six figures, 10 times the advance. I was just like, she could take a 10th of one of her royalty checks and just because um, most public, one thing that you should know is that most publishing contracts have language in them where like if the author wants to terminate, they have to pay back the advance. So anything that's been paid to you, you have to pay it back. This also happens like if the publisher decides to cancel your contract, like if you turn in something that's like unpublishable, they like give you a chance to fix it. But if you can't fix it, they're like, you need to give us our money back. So she was like, she, she could buy herself out at any time. And they knew that. So they came back and they we renegotiated her third book. Because at that point, the second book was about to come out. Like we were like, we this one's done and dusted, but like the third one, she's gonna have to get a raise. So we renegotiated the third contract and then did a six-figure deal for two more books. So I felt I felt like a wizard. I was like, oh my god, it worked. <laughs> so so in that situation, like I knew I was like, if I applied this pressure, I'm gonna get what I what the author needs. So any other questions? Oh wait, oh wait, hang. I got a hand back there. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi, Brandy. Here, I'm gonna lean over this way because I think I'll see, be able to see you better. Um. When does a writer know that their story is ready for a agent, or is at the point where it's worth? Um, I would say that it's. I mean, I hate to say the market tells you because if you query it and you get a bunch of passes, then that sort of tells you. But um, one thing I always recommend people doing is like having a really strong uh, like beta reader network, not just like your friends or your or your family that's gonna like give you like, yes, it's so good. Like, yes, definitely send it out. But like writers who are going to give you constructive feedback um, about your book, um, you know, and once, once you get to the point where like, they're just sort of like doing like cosmetic, like, Oh, well, I guess you could change this. Like that's probably, it's, it's probably ready to go. Um, because I would say that like, and, and the other thing that I, that I tell people and I tell people this on the podcast, I'll, oh, I also have a podcast. It's called shipping and handling. If you listen to podcasts, um, it's me and another agent. We talk about publishing. But um, one thing I would say is that, like, you know, if you do start querying and you do start getting a lot of rejections, look at the kind of rejections you're seeing. If you're seeing, like, a dear author, that that means it just, like, definitely wasn't ready. If you're getting something that's, like, a little bit more personal, like, with you, like, that uses your name, that, like, gives, gives you a specific piece of feedback, like, then you're close. Then you're close. You're, like, on, you're on the right track and either, like, you revise that or you work on something new. So, I don't know. Was that helpful? Yes. Okay. <coughs> questions? Did you have one? Chilling. Well, I saw her hand last time, but but and then you. And then. I just about your relationship, like how you met, and I want about your roster, like how deep is it, and Ooh. you purge, do you? <laughs> um, so we met, as I said, at Worldcon, um, and it was my first ever Worldcon. So Worldcon is the um, World Science Fiction Convention. It's where they give out the Hugo Awards, which is sort of like the Oscars of sci-fi fantasy. Um, George R. R. Martin throws the after party. It's like a big deal. Um, and I got I was, in because of that red suit. 
Yeah, of course. Just saying. It was amazing. Amazing. Um, I didn't get into that party. I was like, I was, I was too new. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't know that you could just like walk up and be like, can I come in? And he'd be like, yes, you can. Um, <laughs> Although that's not entirely true. Cause I walked up with the red suit and the, the guy on the door was like, Oh, that suit cannot be denied right this way. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy behind me was just like, well, can I come in? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was telling someone earlier, like if you're wearing anything other than a t-shirt at the sci-fi convention, you're like automatically the best dressed person. In the room. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, so um, I don't think that, I guess I was registered to attend, but a lot of the science, big science fiction, actually most of the science fiction conventions have a really strong element of what's called barcon, which is actually a lot. Huh. Mocon is like huh. barcon, <laughs> barcon that has like, you know, become a conference. Where basically you're just like hanging out with people in the lobby bar. You're talking late into the night until they stop serving you alcohol or throw you out. Um, and so that's sort of how we met because you knew. Did you know Mer? Is that how? I, it was so. Mer- you were waiting on Emma to come uh, to meet us at, yeah. at the bar, and so you were like, "Do you know Mer? Uh, Emma Emma Newman?" I'm like, mm, "I don't know. The name sounds vaguely familiar." And then Emma comes in like soon after, and she looks at us because we're sitting on much like this, and she's like, "My." I didn't know you were going to be here. And she comes over and rushes and gives me this big hug. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so we hit it off and I gave him my card and he emailed me a few weeks later and uh, we ended up having a conversation and just really kind of hitting it off. And I liked what he was writing and I uh, was like, yeah, let's work together. Um, and then in terms of my roster, I have about 30 clients right now sort of spread across a lot of genres um, I don't tend to sort of like purge it because a lot of times, I mean, like any career, like people go through fallow times, they go through times and they're like, I just really don't want to write anything right now. Or like, my life is on fire. I can't write anything. So like, I don't want to just like kick someone off because they're not working on something for me. Um, so usually if, if we, if I part ways with someone, it's because like we just weren't seeing eye to eye on their work or it was because I didn't think that they should be working in a, on a particular book. Um, like recently I had an author who just kept sending me books and kept sending me books and they were all like half baked. And I was like, you need to either like, re- like make one of these better or slow down because I can't actually physically read all these books. And she was like, you know, I think I might just need to go into self publishing. I was like, that seems like a good idea for you because you're clearly at a level where like you just want to have stuff out and you don't necessarily want to like do the, like take the time to like work slowly on stuff. Which is because the, the traditional publishing, like, air, it's so slow. Like, there's no, you know. I do. Actually, everything I've ever sent out for you, we've, we've sold in my month. So you actually don't know about the big files. <laughs> I have more novels. I know. You say that. <laughs> but everything I've sold for you. Right. Yeah. Right. But, um, so, you know, usually when I'm partway, like, I've only, I think I've only ever had one, like, unpleasant experience where, like, someone was like, you're the worst and I think you're terrible. And then one time she tried to badmouth me on Twitter and everyone was like, I think you're crazy. <laughs> this feels nice. <laughs> and, and I actually parted ways with my, my then agent to work with Jen. I was just like, oh, yeah, it's not working out over here. Because, you know, the thing is, is like it's a business relationship. And, you know, I, was, I had this just like truly ridiculous conversation with an author at um, World Fantasy this year. It was we had been on a panel together, and then she was like, you know, can I ask you some sort of, like, agency questions? I was like, sure. And she was like, you know, I just, 
my, my agent's never sold any books for me. And, we, and I was like, how long have you been to them? And she's like, 10 years. I was just like, oh, never once. I was like, 10 years. That's a long time. Like several trends have like cycled in and out in that time. And she's like, but you know, he's always been so nice. I'm like, you're, you don't, you know, you're not paying him a, a theoretical 15% of your future earnings for him to be nice. You're paying, you're, you know, he's the way he earns money is by being an advocate for your work. And if he can't sell the book, it doesn't matter how nice he is. Like that's, that's, that's our job. Okay. Right? That, you have literally one job. It's to sell a book. <laughs> hey, look, look, my previous agent, nice guy. I still play words with friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> words with frenemies. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so my list is, I, I think I have about 30, 30 authors right now. Yeah. So like, as a rule of thumb, like how long should you speak with someone before I think it depends. I mean, I feel like, so for one of my authors, we were together for four years before I was able to sell a book for her. But I think that if you're able to look at the, well, what they've done, to, they should be able to point to what they've done. They should be able to forward you emails from editors. They should be able, they should be able to like demonstrate that they've been advocating on your behalf. Exactly. And, they, and it should also be clear from the correspondence that they're getting that it's not just like, who are you, Rando? Like, like, <laughs> like, no, like, because for for the first book, we, we got a lot of really great feedback. They were like, it's just, this was one of the situations where like, oh, this is just too weird. And I was like, no, I flew close to the sun. Um, but we were able to sell her second book. And so she was like, okay, like, this is, this is, you know, because it doesn't always go, it, it doesn't always happen the first go around. Sometimes, sometimes it takes a couple times. Um, I mean, Marika, her the book that she sent me was like the seventh one she'd written and she'd queried like four others, but she was like, I'm getting feedback. Like I, I can see that it's like going well. And like, yeah, I don't know if I sort of went off on a tangent there, but yeah, pretty much. And sort of trust your gut. Like I was telling someone earlier that for the last like six months, we've been getting a lot of questions on the podcast. Like, I think I need to leave my agent and they like list all these reasons. I was like, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you know what you need to do because it sounds like it's not working, but like if you need like validations from strangers on the internet, like here, you got it. But, <laughs> you know, you can, you can sort of trust your own gut. Like if you don't think people are being responsive enough or if you don't think that, I mean, one of the reasons I'm so behind on submissions is that I try to respond to my clients first and they're, they keep writing stuff that I then have to sell. So submissions kind of takes a backseat to that because I've always got to take care of the people that I've, that I've made commitments to first. Um, but if you feel like you're being uh, brushed off or if you like trust that feeling, like don't like lean into the feeling, but like trust it and like listen to it. And sometimes it's something that's fixable. Like sometimes you can be like, listen, I like in the last six months, I feel like we haven't been communicating well. Um, is everything Okay. Because they might be like, yes, everyone in my family is dead and like my house is on fire. Like, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, your life was on fire. Like, that's understandable. But at the same time, like, it's our job to, like, take care of authors. So if they're not doing that, at, at a certain point, don't feel bad if you have to be like, bye. You had a question earlier. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, you said that you're getting a bunch of rejections from agents. What, what's a bunch? <laughs> Well, it depends on how many you're querying. I mean, most people start, the way that I have heard authors talk about it is that most people will sort of make like tiers of like, here's my like top choice, like 10 agents. Here's my like second tier who would also be good. Once you start getting into like the fourth and fifth tier, like maybe just revise your book. Um, 
like once you're like searching for names rather than like, like, okay. Um, I think the average number I've heard is like 25, 30, because there's a million agents now. Like there's so many more of them, even from when I started. Um, and some of them are legit and some of them are super not. Someone, someone put it, um, put it this way. She's like, yeah, I get a lot of email addresses, like emails from like Gmail accounts. It's like, Ooh, ouch. Can't even be for your own domain. Like, Ooh, <laughs> maybe not. But those because like for me I never I never did the whole throw you know submission to agents type thing because I'm less like on paper I'm just not good at that but like now in person though I can sell you on this <laughs> it's the suit man right it's the suit it's all about the suit right so I would always put myself in a situation where I could like let me meet an agent face to face and have a conversation with them see what their vibes like and, and how well I've, we I've signed several I, I would say that I've signed like four or five people from conferences yeah um, oh, you, you have met Greta, right? Mm. No, because you weren't in LA. Um, so I met someone at a conference two years ago, and I just like it was one of those situations where like sometimes you go to conferences and you have the opportunity to like pitch someone or they read the first like ten pages and give you like a critique or something. And I was like, she like sat down and I was like, listen here's the critique. It's just that I want to read more of it. So like, can we just talk more about your book? Cause I was like, I have so many questions, but you can't answer them all in the first 10 pages of this fantasy novel. Um, but it's, but those opportunities are fun. Like, and the thing is, is like, you should also understand when you're querying that, like we understand that you're probably not great at it. Like, because writing marketing copy is not an instinctual thing for authors. Like it's the opposite of like writing fiction. It's, you know, it's writing like, it, it, it's pitching. It's not, it's not something that you sort of are used to. So like when we're reading a query, we're, we're not looking for it to be bad. We sort of expect that it's not going to be awesome, but like we're hoping that our interest will be caught. Um, and if our interest isn't caught and if then the pages are not good, it's sort of like, cause, cause we're like, okay, well, you know, the query's not great, but like maybe the writing will be good. And when you move down to the writing, if the writing is like, Ugh, it's like, well, all right, dear author. <laughs> oh, and you would ask about what our relationship's like. I've had really, but I've had several writers who come up to me and go, "I want to query Jen just because I like the way you two, you talk about her and your relationship with her because we're adorable." <laughs> what, what time is it? I was say, like, I don't have anywhere to be, so yeah, but we got food. Do we have food? Oh, no. Do you have more questions? Do you have any, hang on. Do you have any more questions? All right. We, we got you. All right. Because she's got something awesome for us. So we got to make sure we thank her. But for while we stall, while she gets everything ready, uh, any more questions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and most agents take email submissions these days. Um, I would say when I started at the Moss Agency in 2010, we still got a fair number of paper queries, but now everything's, it's better if it's electronic because then if, if you email me and you're like, I've got an offer, I can like, I don't have to dig through a stack of paper. I can like, like search your name in my email right. and find it. Um, and, uh, and, and the, it, the process t- can take a while. Um, and, and usually <laughs> um, you know, 
usually it takes a while, not usually it's not because of the book. Usually it's just because of the agent's workload. Um, so like, for example, my query pile is like just a giant pit of shame because they're, I've been so busy in the last year that like there's people that I just haven't gotten to. So it might not necessarily like, th but there are also some agencies that are like big and corporate and like really kind of hardcore for whom like if after four weeks you haven't heard anything, that's a no. I don't love that because I think it's mean, but I understand that like some of these places just don't have the capacity to respond to every single email. So um, look at the website of the agent and they'll usually say like, our expected response time is four to six weeks or our respected, our expected response time is two months. Like set your expectations accordingly and then follow up because it might be that they just haven't gotten to the email yet. Yeah. Just, I mean, I honestly like, I mean, it, it's sort of the same thing that I do with editors. I usually respond to like the last thing I sent. I'm like, just checking in on this. Did you read it? Do you like it? You want to give me money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, figure out what kind of book you are writing, um, you know, read in that genre. And like, usually, I mean, unless someone's just like a straight up monster, they usually thank their agent in the acknowledgements at the end. Um, <laughs> there was one time. <laughs> I'm going to check in my agent. Right. I'm checking that. Someone check to see if I'm in that. <laughs> monster. Um, it's okay. Um, so usually you can tell like who, who sold something. Um, I don't usually recommend like re resources that you have to pay for, um, for like the querying process. But the one thing that I think is actually kind of useful, um, is publishers marketplace because it's a big clearinghouse website of like, I would say that 80% of the deals done since like 2004 are announced on there. So you can usually search by genre, by category, by like publisher. You can say like, okay, it is my dream to be published by like Riverhead books. Like I will see like which agents have sold books to Riverhead. Um, and it's, it costs like $25 a month, but it's like month to month. So you can cancel. Or like, if you have a bunch of friends who are all writers who are like querying at the same time, maybe you can like all create an account and like go in on it together. Um, that's like the one thing that is like actually worth money in sort of the, like how to get published sphere. Um, <laughs> wow, I'm just checking to see if there's anything left. I'm like, nope, we just killed that. I was going to say, there, there is more over there. I can see it. Right. In the um, promised land. <laughs> So are there any uh, trends that you're seeing uh, in the industry or? No one knows what's going on. It's great. Okay, great. Perfect. It's great. I mean, like two years ago, it was like, we want like big epic fantasy. And now people are like, I mean, maybe like epic. Sure. Why not? People love stories. They love fun stories, love characters that they can connect to. We're finally seeing moves towards like people, not just white people writing books, which is great. Like publishing is a total nightmare and like lots of really fun ways. Um, and I think we're finally starting to see the market. Like people being like, like, like earlier the conversation was like, publishing didn't realize that black people bought books. It's like, yeah, duh, right. duh. And we're finally seeing people being like, oh, look at this untapped market. And it's like, okay, fine, there's money here. So like, okay, right. you're interested now. Um, so that's nice. But um, I would say the only thing that's like a hard no in like YA is dystopia, which is sucks because I love those. But um, so like, dystopias don't go because we're living in one. So people are like, I don't want to read that like for fun. Um, in uh, fantasy, I think we're seeing a turn away from sort of like the Eurocentric, like Game of Thrones style. Like it's sort of Norway, but different. And it's fantasy and fighting, you know, we're seeing a little bit of a turn away from that. Um, I'm trying to think what else, but yeah, otherwise it's sort of like, yeah, sure. 
Why not? Right. Not a lot of Gone Girl style thrillers, like the kind of like girl on the train in the window, like that's that's done. We're good. Is there any way that Ron can build like a social media platform or anything like that to help get their game out there on their own? So it's, it's market. one of those things yeah, that's why like... Why don't you throw a convention named after yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. So social media, I would say that like five or six years ago, I would have said that like you don't necessarily have to be on social media. Now you have to be on social media, but they look to it less as like an indicator of like marketability. One of the things that they do look at though is like, do you have a strong community of other writers that you talk to on your social media? So like Marika Nijkamp, when I signed her had maybe like 500 followers, but they were all other YA writers. She beta read for everybody under the sun. She knew everybody. She was just really, she was just really involved in the community. Hmm. So even though she didn't have this like huge presence, it was like a rich presence and she was very connected. So she was able to leverage that. And when her book came out and when she, when I signed her, I actually signed her at, I was driving to San Antonio Worldcon. And we had our offer call, like, I was parked in, like, a Bucky's, like, parking lot. Like, I had a, I had our offer call. And she accepted, and she announced it during that weekend. And my phone was just, I had to shut, shut it off because I was getting so many Twitter notifications. Just because she had so many people who were so excited for her. And, like, it, it wasn't, like, a million people, but it was enough that it was, like, enough to keep going. I would say that it's more about, like, building the network among, like, your peers. Um and I think that that's also a way to not like be driven crazy by it because Twitter is like a full ass nightmare. Like it is a terrible place full of nightmares. And, um, you know, it's not fun, but like if you can cultivate a space for yourself where, you know, you're following people that you enjoy, whose content you appreciate, who you're able to connect with, that kind of quality is better than quantity, I would say. Some people uh, who are giving young writers advice suggest sending out multiple queries on the same project. Yes, you should do that. Agents. You should do that, yeah. That's okay. Yep. Yeah. And then if an agent uh, writes back and says, I would like to see uh, three checkers, does that give that agent priority? And you don't send three checkers to any other agent. So basically, I would say query multiple people. The same way that we send to multiple editors, you send to multiple agents because it gives you more chances to have people see your work. And also, it will take less time to get 20 no's if you send them all out at once than if you wait. Yeah, I see that from an author. Exactly. So, so if someone responds and says, oh, I'd like, to, I'd like to see the full manuscript, you know, you send them the full manuscript and you sort of keep following up as normal with the others. And then if someone offers, you let everyone else know, like, hey, I've received an offer for representation because they don't have auctions at the agent level, but they do have beauty contests. Like, I've been in a bunch of those. And when you lose, it's real, real upsetting. <laughs> but um, Wait, beauty contests? Beauty contests. Tell me more. When you have more than one agent who wants to represent you. Yeah, so it's, it's the uh, agenting equivalent of, like, walking around the stage in a bikini. And you're like, <laughs> look at my sales. My sales are so good, you know. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly picturing Don Juan in the, the bikini. Oh, that's, that's what just happened to me. So as though he would wear anything other than a suit. Right. Um, but um, but I mean, one of the things that drives me nuts is when I get uh, I get an, uh, a query from an author, and maybe like a month later, I respond. This is in the ideal world when I'm responding things in a month. 
Um, and I'm and I'm like, oh, you know, I would love to see. This sounds great. I would love to see the full manuscript. I'm like, oh, I already signed with someone. I'm like, bitch, why didn't you tell me? Sorry, <laughs> my friend. But like, you like, you need to tell me. Like, may, I could have wait. I could have like waited in. I could have made an offer. Um, and like, not getting the chance to was like the most frustrating thing. And so when I miss out on stuff because I'm slow, I'm just like, oh, I just I have only myself to blame, you know. But if someone doesn't tell me, I'm like, well, I didn't know. So it's okay to send out multiple queries. Absolutely. And if you got multiple uh, requests for the full manuscript, that's you good. Can send out multiple. Yeah, you just send it to anyone who asked for it. Yeah. And then definitely um, let everyone know that you. I, I don't usually, like, I, I wouldn't tell people that you've gotten requests. I would definitely tell people if you've gotten an offer. Because you don't want to clog up someone's inbox. But, like, if I get an email and it's like, offer received. Shit or get off the pot. Like, I, you know, then I have to then I have to respond to it. So. And then let them kind of bid over you and send Well, it's, it's a chance for them. It's a chance for you to kind of, like, feel them out. Um, you know, you get to say, like, okay... This, this is what's important to me. Like, you know, these are the career milestones I'd, I'd eventually like to hit. You know, do you have an idea of how I would do that? You know, what are your agency's resources? Um, you know, the thing that I've been getting a lot lately, which is sort of like a really upsetting, is like, what happens if you die? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, wait, that's a valid question. Like, existentially? Or like, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> like, Barry would take very good care of it. Okay. Um, okay. You know, it's a chance. It's a chance for you to have, um, you know, in the same way that, like, in an auction scenario, like multiple people get to sort of like say, like, this is what I think this book could be, and this, and these are the resources I'm going to offer. You know, you have an opportunity to say, you know, hear from an agent who's like, I think your book is like the, this is the other thing too is that during that call you should ask them what they think of your book and if it if it needs any changes because um, I mean my boss is just is, is in a beauty contest right now with an author and the other the other agent that he knows that's in he there's like three others and one of them he knows gave like some insane revision advice so he's like well I know I beat that person but I don't know if I beat the other two people so. It's just an opportunity for you to get get a choice. Um, it's always fun to have options. I have actually, if it's okay, I have two questions. Um, I want them to share, share curiosity. When, because I, I think sometimes writers aren't sure, you know, all things being equal, if all the agents are interested in the genre you're writing in, um, Building network of publishers when you're an agent. I mean, is this something where somebody mentors you? And so um, you can get to a point where you have I, your own I go in a lot of lunches. Like literally, I mean, it, they're not three martinis. They're not, they're not even one martini these days with publishing budgets. But um, uh, like when I first started out, I when I first started sending books out, I was sort of cold emailing a lot of people, and because I was at an established agency, like people knew that I wasn't just like some stranger. They're like, she's like legit. Cause she's at this company. And then as people would respond to stuff, they'd be like, well, maybe this isn't for me, but can I take you to lunch? And so I would meet people at lunches. I would meet people at like industry events at, at conventions. And so at this point, I mean, I do Christmas cards every year, like holiday cards. Um, and because I'm, like an egocentric, I there are always like pictures of me that I like commission <laughs> and like put on postcards. You've got one, right? 
Yes. Yeah, it's adorable, right? So so I'm just like, happy holidays from Jennifer Eden, you know, like <laughs> so like my, my Christmas card list now is like three hundred editors strong because like I represent a lot of different genres. I've sent out a lot of different kinds of books. So like it's like publishers, it's publicists, it's um uh, editors, it's marketing people, it's salespeople, like anyone that I've met, like I keep in touch with. And it just sort of happens net I mean the way that any un- other industry you meet your peers. Um, but yeah, a lot of lunches. And it's so funny, like Macmillan is about to move um, as, 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 as a, oh God. And everyone loves going to the Flatiron area because there's so many great places to eat. And they're moving down the financial district. And I'm so sorry. There's so many few places to, have to eat down there. But. All right. So here's the thing. I really have to pee. So we got time for one more question. No, one more you question. You leave me here. No. I, I, could, I, I am able to answer questions in your absence. Really? All right, well, we'll start there, and I'll go pee, and I'll be back. I'm an adult. It's fine. Because <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> Live the dream. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, what is the best thing you've ever been? Especially you Oh. Mm. Honestly. You know? Be honest, be upfront, be quick about it. Like it's lingering is the worst when like, because I'm sure if if you've been feeling discomfort or like dissatisfaction, they know that you've been feeling that. And the, the, you know, the, the quicker you can kind of like just, um, and it sucks. Like it it doesn't, it doesn't feel awesome when someone says like, I don't want to work with you anymore, but like, I guarantee you, like, if you do break up with your agent, some part of them is like, yeah, no, I, I fucked that one up, you know, or like, I didn't, like, I saw that coming. So just, do you tell us who your new agent is or do you see that? I would leave that alone. You know, not that, um, oh my God, that fucking song, somebody that I used to know, like, yeah. you, know. <laughs> you don't want to tell them who you're leaving them for, you know, like, I found someone shinier than you. <laughs> <laughs> just like soften the blow a little bit. I mean, but but I feel like, you know, especially like, I mean, I've heard I've heard horror stories of agents, of, of authors who have had just really awful experiences with their agent. And I feel like, you know, all you owe them is like professional courtesy. If you've had a good relationship, maybe you want to do a little bit more. But like be courteous, be quick, be professional, but that's all you really owe them because it's a business relationship. I mean, if they're like also the like the godfather of your children, like that's <laughs> maybe a little bit more awkward. But like you know, whatever, they should have done a better job for you. <laughs> right. Did I see another hand somewhere? Are we? Were you just wait, ra- yeah. raising your hand for her? Okay. <laughs> oh. So you first, and then you. Um, I'm the researcher, and I've seen there are places that. My feelings are usually dread. Um, uh, there are a lot of like really legitimate small presses out there that accept unagented, unagented submissions that like do good work. But like there, there are situations normally where like I feel like you sort of got to pick a path if you want to have an agent pursue being agented. Put your eggs in that basket for now. And then if you 
decide later on that you don't want to go down that road, then pivot to like, okay, I'm going to pursue the small press unagented path. But like, whenever I get an email that's like, oh, you know, I sent you this query three weeks ago, but also then I got an offer from this like rando small press. I'm just like, fuck, like now I have to tell them. And there's a couple of small presses that will just offer on anything. And I have to tell them like, look, here's these articles about how this person doesn't actually pay anybody their money that they're owed. Like, here's these articles about how like this small publisher like doesn't ever print enough books to like have books in bookstores. So I would say pick a path and follow that and do your research. I mean, one of my, one of my big tips is like Google publishing company scam or publishing company scandal or publishing company problems. There's also a website called um, writer beware, which is um, an arm of the science fiction and fantasy writers association. And they do really good work of keeping up to date on like what publishers are kind of like fucking it up and like who's, who's, who's defrauding people with money, who isn't paying royalties, who is like has terrible contracts. So look in like do your do as much research as you possibly can um if you decide to go that route but yeah it i i prefer the, the other reason that i prefer not to sort of have books like encounter books that have like been sort of previously queried is that like one of my values as an as an agent is that i have connections with editors and so if you're like oh well i already got an editor like an offer from this person i'm like well then why do you want me like just to negotiate a better contract because i can do that but like i could also maybe get you a better deal somewhere else. So. Um, we have one more. No, excuse me. I'm still formulating. I'll talk later. Right. I, I wanted to kind of follow up that question. All right, just so you know, this question, there is food back there. Okay, I'll be super quick. Okay. Um, so, if you were, so, so I, 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 kind of, I think I kind of probably already know the answer to this. And if you're the kind of writer that has, like, just, you know, a backlist, you've got stuff, like, oh. with an editor or something, but you really do want to meet it, I'm assuming that that's not the stuff that should be coming to the agent with and say, hey, I want someone to run a technical. You prefer a new project entirely? I would prefer a new project, but okay. it, that doesn't rule out me dealing with the old stuff. Like, I didn't sell Britain Court, but I helped Maurice when they kind of like set themselves on fire and exploded. Like, we, yeah. like I helped negotiate out of that. But like, he came to me with a new project. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't cut off opportunities, but it's better to give an agent a shot at something new. So, you know, let's just start here. I like to thank my agent. Yeah. It's been just keep writing a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter, and Nick is at Bright Inks. You can find this show on iTunes and your favorite podcatchers. So like and share this show with your writing community. If you'd like to share or discuss anything we talked on the show, the last week's task or whatever you have going on, you can post it on our Discord channel, Facebook page, or send it to me. I am Marshall at marshallcar.com or Nick at Nicholas Bright at brightings.org. You can find our writing and the show notes for each episode on our websites, marshallcar.com and brightings.org. Lastly, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash just keep writing. And you can find us there and give us a couple bucks an episode and help us do what we do. And we can help you. You've got the homework done. You have a challenge up ahead of you. Now just keep writing.